The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You chose to take a journey down a long and dangerous trail. Chose to serve your country and we know you served us well. But now you're back and it's our duty to keep you safe and warm. Shake your hand and welcome you back home with open arms. We're America, your family, the land of liberty. We're thankful for your sacrifice, your fight to keep us free. We are America, and we truly do believe you're the backbone of our nation. Thanks to you, we're living free. We're a quilt of many been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition with Gary Ray. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here is Gary Ray. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network Radio. Today is already October 28, 2014. I'm your host, Gary Ray, and joining me today as co-hosts are Lieutenant Colonel Bill Forbes, U.S. Army retired, former Deputy Secretary for the Maryland Department of Veterans Affairs, and former Commander for the Maryland DAV. How are you doing today, sir? Just fine, and welcome to all of our guests today. Yes, definitely, all of them. <laughs> we also have Jim Klug, uh, the national historian, photographer, and former PR director for the military or the Purple Heart. How are you doing today, sir? Good, Gary. Always well and always ready. All right. Before we get to our guest, we want to talk a little bit about uh, Fahim Fosley. Do you remember last week's guest, uh, Bill and Jim? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, he's phenomenal, and in fact, uh, he had a dream. You know, he, he was actually born in Pakistan. Him and his family came over to the states when he was a teenager. And if you haven't heard this show, be sure to go to our archive section on the website and listen to it. He's phenomenal. I mean, it. Uh, uh, what was he? Ninth grade education, uh, six languages. He he was a United States Marine and. He had the honor of also being the interpreter for the Marines. Um, and he's an actor. He's filled in so many movies, I can't even mention them. I mean, he, last <laughs> week when I was talking to him, uh, he was doing a, um, a series with the NCIS. NC, N, NCIS? <laughs> I think that's it. Yep. Be sure, be sure, <laughs> be sure to, yeah, be sure to listen to it. And, uh, uh, Bill, you, you know that this guy was, uh, uh, too bad we don't have every American with his attitude. Oh, my goodness, yes. A patriot's patriot. That's true. There you go. Beautiful, mm-hmm. Bill. 
So, again, if you haven't listened to the show, go to the archive section. And by the way, you can hear any of our shows right on your phone. And if you have Bluetooth in your car, use it with your phone. And you'll this it's like being right in the booth with us. Okay. Well, today we're going to talk about Harbor Site Foundation. We have three guests with us from the organization. Bill, why don't you introduce the first guest? Gary, it's my honor to introduce Joseph Capra, who is the founder of Harbor Site Foundation. Joe served in the Marine Corps as a sergeant from 1997 to 2001. After active duty service, Joe was employed as an information security contractor for the United States Army based in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. He returned to the to the States in 2003 and was employed at the U.S. Department of State as a uniform officer for the Diplomatic Security Service. And, Joe, I'm guessing that you were probably at the United Nations. That's exactly where I was at, yes. Okay, 2005 to 2006, Joe took a leave of absence from the State Department, moving to Afghanistan working as a contractor on a com- communications project in support of Operation Enduring Freedom. Mm-hmm. After returning to the State Department, Joe was hired as a police officer with the New York, New Jersey Port Authority. In late 2010, a fellow police officer and Marine who had served two terms in Iraq took his life. This mm-hmm. incident promoted concerns by veterans on the job to raise questions of concerns about returning veterans. Three very interesting questions. Support, a support network for police officers returning from combat duty. The stigma of veterans returning with post-traumatic stress and traumatic brain injury. And I'm sure this impacted on job security. Transition assistance for returning veterans, especially police officers. Now, even today, many police departments in the country have failed to address the issue, these three issues that brought about uh, leading to the foundation. Joe Kappa, Mike Stoyer, and Colin Coggleton, all Marines, were moved to start the Harbor Site Foundation to address the issues and remove the stigma that relates to post-traumatic stress and traumatic brain injury. Joe, thank you very much for your vision and service, and welcome to the show today. Thank you, Bill. Right. Uh, I want to thank you, Jim and Gary, for having us on today. No problem. Welcome. Oh, absolutely. All right. Jim, why don't you jump right in with the second guest? Well, we teased a little bit. Uh, Augustino's uh, bio uh, had to be condensed. I think I only have about five or six pages here, so I'll go quickly. But uh, (laughs) I want to spend time on (laughs) Augustino von Hussel uh, was born in Bonn, Germany in 1953 into a German diplomatic family that has served both in uh, civil service and the military. Uh, Augustino spent his formative years in the United States studying European history at Columbia University and graduating with a B.A. degree in 1974. He then attended Columbia Journalism School, graduating with a Master's of Science degree with honors 
1975. He is now president of the Repton Group, LLC, a New York City consulting group that deals with global threat issues, national security and corporate due diligence, and litigation support. He has extensive experience in intelligence and international policy and trade issues and works for government entities such as the government of Japan and the government of Portugal. He worked with government-held financial firms across the globe. His firm has extensive lobby, financial, and due diligence expertise. Augustino has written numerous political and historical articles for publications as diverse as the Marine Corps Gazette, the Naval Proceedings and Defense News, and the Navy Times, and as well as many others. He is the author of two major uh, military history uh, books, Warriors of the United States Marine Corps and Strike Force Marine Corps Special Operations. In the fall of 2006, St. Martin, uh, Martin's Press of New York published An Allegiance of Enemies, a book on untold uh, stories of the secret contacts between Germany's resistance and the OSS in World War II. He is, uh, the contribu- has contributed chapters to the Encyclopedia of Law, uh, incidentally. Augustino is a professor in the graduate program at John Jay College of Criminal Justice, New York City, teaching members of the New York City Police Department subjects such as counterterrorism and leadership. Also assisted in training the National Police and the Dominican Republic and the Port Authority Police of New York and New Jersey. He is a trained FBI leader of counterterrorism. Involved in global training in Singapore Police, Turkish National Police, and the Portuguese Police. He is also a life member of the Marine Corps Combat Correspondents, the National Defense Industries Association, the OSS Society, and the Association of Former Intelligence Officers in the American Society of Media Photographers and the Authors Guild. In addition, and I just can't believe, I mean, his bio is incredible. He is fluent in French, Portuguese, Italian, German, and moderately, only moderately, uh, uh, fluent in Russian, Arabic, and Dutch. It is without a doubt my privilege to introduce Augustine von Hussel. Welcome, Welcome, sir. Welcome, sir. I'll tell you, that's that's some bio. Okay. Our, our, our third guest is Colin Coglatin. He's currently a Jersey police officer, weapons and tactical instructor, and a Harbor Site Foundation board member. United States Marine Corps Infantry, 2004 through 2012, with the 2nd Battalion, 25th Marines Reserve Unit, attained the rank of sergeant. Deployed in 2005 and 2008 and 2009 to Iraq, combat operations in support of OIF. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you for having us. All right. I think we should get right to, well, there goes our, there goes our hour. I mentioned that earlier, didn't I? <laughs> All right. Now, uh, how, Joe, how did, how did the HSF uh, begin? Well, uh, like a... Uh, Bill, I believe it was Bill said in the intro here, uh, we lost a police officer in 2010, uh, uh-huh. took his own life. A few of us got together and started talking about, you know, we, we, we have quite a few combat veterans. We have quite a, f- quite a few veterans on the job. Um, you know, a lot of these guys come home uh, 
with little, little or no transition assistance. So uh, we all kind of got together and said, hey, you know, no one's going to listen to uh, Joe, the new guy. So uh, we, we figured out how to start a foundation, uh, you know, try to come up with a catchy name just so they would listen to us. Uh, it worked. Uh, we got a few people's attention, but, you know, no one really did anything. No one really addressed the issue, you know, the, the uh, what is it, 800-pound gorilla in the room. Mm-hmm. So we, we kind of kept going with it. You know, we started talking to more and more people about some of the issues. Uh, Neil Van Ness with the Military Order of the Purple Hearts, he's a state commander over here in New Jersey, uh, heard what we were doing, got involved, and, uh, you know, he's a former police officer himself, so uh, he really really pushed us to go a little further with it. Uh, since then, uh, Agostino has gotten involved, and, uh, you know, we've, we've really been able to raise some of the awareness and attention uh, that's needed uh, in, o- in order to get, you know, our, our, our police officers who are coming home assistance. Wow. Uh, Agostino, well, what was your involvement uh, uh, as far as the um, I've harbor I've been site? very active with the Marine Corps Law Enforcement Foundation and other on issues related to traumatic brain injury, PTSD, both of which I suffer from, courtesy of some Arabic gentlemen in Lebanon. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, this is a very important thing, and we have a unique chance now as a nation to find, finally, some kind of solutions. Mm-hmm. All right. And how many, member, how many people uh, run the, the, the foundation? How many uh, do you have employees, or are they volunteers? Or it's it's all volunteer as of right okay. now. Uh, the active the active members uh, in the foundation are myself and Colin, uh, my daughter who's about to graduate college here. She she handles all the all the event details and promotions. Uh, you know, we we keep it small. Uh, we we do get a, receive a lot of outside help from other agencies like the Military Order of the Purple Hearts uh, and and the vet centers here locally. All right. You know, it's, it's break time already. Today's show is brought to you by First Class Merchant Services. Also, check out our local partners page to see local businesses that support our veteran community. Just be sure to support them back. I'm Gary Ray, along with Bill, Jim, and our guest, Joe Agostino, and, and Colin. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes.
stimulating talk. It gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guests, uh, Joe, Agostino, and Colin. And uh, during break, uh, Jim, you came up with a question. Well, uh, Gary, yes, real quickly. Um, it seems as though that the transition from um, recognition and movement towards a resolution has changed from Vietnam and uh, maybe even going as far back as World War II Korea. Um, Colin, uh, guys, how are you addressing, you, you mentioned about the suicide. That spurred you into action, and you've, and you've amassed your force and your effort towards a solution. What are you doing? Well, right now, uh, you know, some of the challenges that uh, you know our law enforcement officers, whether it be federal or local, uh, who are coming back from deployments, uh, we're in a unique time in history, and, and it's been a, it's been a long time since the country has been at war uh, for over a decade here, and uh, it, it, you know police officers face, face a unique challenge being reservists. Is, you know they may get activated for a year, uh, you know they're in, in a combat mission, uh, they have to turn around, come home. Uh, pick up their weapon here in the U.S. Now their mission, their mission is completely changed. Uh, they're, you know, they're, you're, their world's kind of, the world's turned upside down a bit, and uh, there's really nobody there. As it stands, most uh, most departments, uh, when these guys come home, it's it's, hey, here's your badge, here's your gun, thanks for your service. Uh, you know, get back there, get back out there on the street. Uh, there, there are for the reservists. I know they they do have some type of training when they come home with their unit, uh, some form of decompression training or you know reassimilation. But uh, for the law enforcement officers, you know they, they they face a unique challenge because you know when they come home, it's it's business as usual for them, and and they you know their 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 roles change tremendously. If I could add something uh, to that, just from my you know from my own experiences. Um, you know, I I did things kind of backwards. A lot of our uh, members in the law enforcement community served on active duty in the military and uh, make law enforcement a career goal when they leave the military. Um, I uh, actually was already a police officer, and when Iraq started, I went and enlisted in the reserve so that I could go serve and, and continue uh, with my job as a police officer. So um, I, I encountered a, a lot of other uh, guys on the job uh, anybody who's who's continuing to serve as a police officer and serving in the military, they must serve in a, a reserve or National Guard capacity. And not to take anything away from from our active duty brothers. I mean, they're you know obviously they they uh, do the, um, the the brunt of the work. But uh, the reserves uh, face a unique situation where when they deploy, uh, well, I'll take a step back. When your active duty guys deploy and, and they return home. Uh, they're returning back to a base. They're with their their parent unit. They're surrounded by the guys that they deployed with, and there's a there's a certain level of security and comfort there with that. And uh, what happens with your reserve troops when they come back is you know they pretty much uh, check back in stateside with their unit, 
and then they're scattered to the, to the breeze. Everybody heads in their own direction, and you find yourself one day in this military environment surrounded by all these guys that you deployed with and, and shared these experiences with and sometimes very traumatic experiences, and the next day uh, you are back home, but you're surrounded by people who have no idea where you've been or what you've been through, who can't relate to you, who, who uh, you know, it, it creates a very isolating feeling, like you're walking around and nobody knows. You're carrying this weight and nobody can see it and nobody can relate to it. Uh, it, it, it creates a lot of problems. And then in addition to that, you know, you're talking about guys who are, who are serving as police officers. There's an added uh, pressure to, you know, put on a, a strong face. You've got to go out there and be a cop. You've got to be a police officer. You're expected to be professional and squared away and, you know, not show any kind of emotion and things like that. And so uh, that only uh, exacerbates an already difficult situation. So there's a, a real unique combination of, of very difficult issues that these guys are facing. Boy, right. Yeah. Now, now, Bill, you had a question just before we came back from break. Well, yes, Gary. Uh, uh, you know, having some knowledge about what goes on here, I'm really concerned about the families of these police officers and, and all in particular who have served because you were living productive lives prior to these deployments, raising a family, sending your kids to school. Uh, you know, explain to our listening audience how this can have, in a lot of cases, a fracturing effect on the family. And, that, and as I recall, before we went on the air, somebody's getting married tomorrow. How does it impact there? And also with the kids that are left behind who may have some learning disabilities who think that mommy and daddy is going away and not coming back. Because many times you have the, the husband and the wife who are police officers or somewhere else in public safety is uh, deploying. What is that experience in the law enforcement community when you return home? Well, as it stands right now, and, and as with many reservists, uh, you know, when, when you have the, what is many times a breadwinner, uh, you know, take off and, and deploy, uh, a lot of times the, the you know, who, the spouse that's left at the house with the children uh, is, is going to have to stay home with the kids, uh, take care of the kids, take the assume all the, the burdens of paying the bills and, uh, you know, their, their job gets much more difficult at home uh, along with the constant worry and, you know, the usual things that go along with a, with a deployment. Uh, at, right now, one of the issues that we're seeing uh, with a lot of the departments uh, in the area is that they, they really don't have, we have federal laws that are, that are very loosely written uh, that protect, obviously protect the veterans when they deploy uh, when it comes to not losing their job, uh, maintaining some of their benefits for their families while they're gone. Uh, but, but as I said, the, the laws are very loosely written. Uh, we, what we're seeing, a lot of what's happening is uh, there, there's, there's some question about how people are to be paid while they're gone. Uh, in, in many cases, a lot, of these, a lot of the guys who deploy may be, you know, they may be at the rank of E4, E3, uh, they're, they're taking a pay. They're taking a loss in pay while they're gone. Uh, their spouses are generally responsible for uh, overseeing how they're being paid, uh, and, and there's there's constant mistakes made. So uh, it, it's it's 
a lot of a lot of what we're seeing the need for is 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 a little more uh, attention to creating new laws, uh, new rules, uh, just, just basically a, a fundamental set of rules for these law enforcement officers when they deploy. How are they to be paid? Uh, you know that that shouldn't be left up to the the individual departments on how to do it. Uh, you know what type of benefits they they re- still receive or continue to receive while they're deployed, uh, and outreach to their families from the job. You know uh, a lot of these families, yet you know yes, how the families are are footing the burden. Uh, a lot of them are doing it on their own. There, there's there's not much support from the employers uh, reaching out to these families. You know while they're while they're their uh, spouse is gone. Right. Agostino, uh, do you have anything to add to that? Part of the issue that law enforcement faces, as well as the civilian community, as well as the medical community, they don't know how to deal with this. The yeah. amount of training cops receive on how to deal with emotionally disturbed people is insufficient in today's world because they need to be able to judge some of the trauma uh, veterans have. I go nuts sometimes when I hear helicopters in the middle of the night. Um, We need to, as a society, get together and deal with taking away the stigma for real of uh, uh, having served in combat we have to deal with proper training. We have to provide the tools for uh, shrinks to deal with these issues. It is not helpful, which I've heard from uh, young warriors at Walter Reed, when they have to educate their shrinks of how the military works. It's not productive. Yeah. Yeah. If I could add on to uh, what Agostino is saying, you know, Many of our police officers who are coming home are coming home, home injured. Uh, a lot of their injuries are, you know, what, what we call the invisible injuries of war, you know, TBI, post-traumatic stress. Uh, these aren't, these can be debilitating injuries when not treated over time, uh, you know, but when these guys come home uh, and, and they're forced right back into their, their law enforcement career where they spend their days dealing with, you know, the general public, uh, many of them going home dealing with their families, uh, you don't have that that decompression time. Uh, you, you know, the 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 opportunities for treatment for for a lot of these guys just aren't there. Uh, so, by raising awareness and 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 you know, bringing it out of the closet and letting people know, hey, look, uh, just because this guy has TBI or just because he has post traumatic stress or for whatever reason, uh, you know, uh, a lot of these guys were in ID explosions. Uh, you have you have guys going over there in in, in a year's time. Uh, seeing more action than you, you know your average police officer may see in 20 years. Uh, you know when these guys come home, they, you know they they need to be able to comfortably say yes I need help, uh, and, and and no it's not going to stop me from doing my job. You know this isn't a this isn't a debilitating injury. This isn't going to cause some liability for the department. But over time, if if they when they come home, if they don't seek that help or or get any of that assistance. Over time, you know, it, it will be an issue. Gary, this is Bill again, and I think that uh, you, Gary, and Jim have heard me say on a number of occasions that in the veteran community, and our guests today are part of that veteran community, the greatest void that exists today is a lack of information 
in terms of how to navigate the system, uh, who uh, to be in contact with, how to move about. And, with the, and that creates a lot of frustration and anxiety when there are issues and concerns. For an example, there's so, there are a lot of benefits that are available to our returning veterans in this status, whereby for medical care, uh, I think there's a five-year window there that in many cases it's available. Uh, you know, if you don't know, you don't know, so you don't. Uh, move into those areas to to to, to uh, uh, move about with things that can be helpful to you. And I just like to uh, offer up, and Gary, and I think Jim, you uh, both are familiar with a a a uh, website that uh, we developed when I was at the Maryland Department of Veterans Affairs, and I think it's nationwide today. It's called the NetworkOfCare.com. I consider that to be one of the most comprehensive websites that covers all of the areas that veterans returning to home and community from combat and the battlefield as to how to negotiate those. We first launched that, that website in Maryland, and now it's, it, it's across the country. Right, exactly. Well, Very it's good. That that's, time. That's an excellent that, point. I, I think uh, that is definitely one of the biggest frustrations for guys is not uh, not really being able to navigate the system and getting frustrated and walking away from it before they get what they need uh, out of that frustration. Uh, it's something true. we definitely see a lot of. That's true. I want to uh, add uh, one important thing. Is information is critical. We have too many organizations right now that are in the same battlefield, so to speak, but there is insufficient coordination to share research, share resources to help people, and we need to collectively, in the veterans community, in the law enforcement community, to learn how to share information. That's, that's right. Well, and that's, Gary, you know, uh, let's not leave out the AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. We've correct. got a lot of information there on our website that can be helpful to our returning men and women from, from combat in the battlefield. That's true. That's true. Well, it's, it's halfway through the hour right now, and uh, just a quick break. You can learn more about the American Heroes Network loyalty brands that provide financial support for our veterans and military families by going to the AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. You can also stay updated right on your phone. Text the word HERO, H-E-R-O, to... 80464. That's text the word HERO, H-E-R-O, to 80464. Our loyalty brand, American Heroes Apparel, is now available online and will also be in retail stores very soon. Just go to the AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and click on the icon T-shirt. And you're listening to the American Heroes Network radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter as the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. 
By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Streaming live. The leader in internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our three guests from Harbor Site Foundation. And uh, during break, we were talking a little bit about uh, actually peer training uh, t- to help. Uh, either Colin or, or Agostino or, or Joe, which one wants to handle that one? Well, I'll, I'll go ahead and get it started. Uh, w- you know, w- one of the things that, that, that we're discovering, uh, you know, as we go along in this process here, uh, is that if you're, you know, uh, if you're going to wait around for your department to, to be proactive and do something uh, as far as helping the veterans on the job, it, it might be a long wait. Uh, what we found that, that works great is working in peer groups. Uh, you know, getting the veterans together on the job uh, to start their own organizations. You know, uh, a lot of departments, Marines being Marines, uh, you know, a lot of the police departments in the area, you're going to find a Marine Corps Association. Uh, it's kind of how things go. It's it's how we are. We, you know, we we become a bit dependent on each other even even after we get out. Uh, you know, you, you always find even the oldest, saltiest Marine is going to have, uh, you know, some, some Marine emblem or logo somewhere. Uh, but... You know, as far as the other branches go, we're you know, it, it's a very important time, especially in the law enforcement community, for us all to come together. What we found is, we've started groups uh, within our department. We started uh, the Port Authority Police Armed Force Society. Now, uh, what this group is is here to do is, is to support our veterans, support our other veterans. Uh, it, it gives them a safe place to talk about any issues they may be having. Uh, it also gives us a safe uh, an outlet to where we can utilize local organizations to advise our veterans of their rights, uh, you know, and sometimes to, to reassure uh, our police officers that, hey, you know, if you need something from the VA, you, you know, you can get something from the VA. If you need something from, you know, if, there's, if you have some specific need relating to an injury, you know, when you come home, it, you know, it's safe to get that. And, and by having these peer groups, by having, you know, starting these organizations, uh, you know, on your own within your department, uh, you're, you know, not only are you helping guys find help, but you're, you know, you're doing your part to take away the stigma that goes along with, you know, some of these injuries. All right. The other core thing is that we need to make it easier for, returning warriors to go back to their chosen profession in law enforcement by making chiefs of departments understand that these are not damaged people. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, there's a, there's a uh, you know, and, and 
I should preface this. I'm in no way uh, taking away from our, you know, our wounded warriors and, and the many uh, serious difficulties that they face. But, you know, when, when you see somebody with a physical injury, uh, there's a tendency, especially, uh, you know, within the law enforcement community, um, to rally around those guys and, and to help them up and get them back on their feet. Um, but with this, this stigma around your, you know, PTSD and TBI related issues, um, everybody kind of, there's, there's a standoffishness there. Um, it, it is very important to understand that this is no different than any other kind of injury. You have to expect this sort of thing. If, you know, it, it is, uh, the situations that these guys are put in and the things that they experience uh, would would cause problems for any human being. It's very normal, and it's not a permanent thing. It's something that can very uh, certainly be dealt with, um, and, and we need to make sure that they're getting that help. And one of the one of the things that we found is that uh, for a, a wide variety of reasons, guys are very reluctant to go and seek out uh, professional help and. You know, to go to the vet center or the VA, and again, there's there's a lot of reasons for that. But uh, what they what we have seen is that they're much more comfortable going to their peers. Uh, there's a there's a comfort there. You know, when you get around uh, your your brothers in terms of uh, you know fellow cops and especially those who have served, uh, you're more comfortable talking about issues. And uh, and a lot of times, talking is all it really takes. Having an outlet and having somebody uh, that you know they just understand and one of the things that we'd really like to see uh, get moving is is to get more of our peers uh, in the community some formalized training to to help them be better support Good. for guys coming back, and also to help them recognize when somebody might need more help than what they can give them, uh, and be able to point them in the right direction uh, and and be you know supporting but convincing in in getting guys to go and get the help that they might need. So there's there's a lot of stuff out there uh, in terms of getting that training, but we need to make the uh, the departments aware of it and convince them that it would be in their best interest to uh, actually put forth the effort to get guys trained. Gary, this is Bill again. You know, that reluctance that we just heard about is, is across the spectrum for those of us who have served and been in combat. And I, and I think, uh, you know, one thing that uh, we may not have placed as much emphasis on that it's also important to get the families involved, the wives, the significant others, the other close family members, because where our serving veterans won't talk about that, the family members are aware because in a lot of cases they're caregivers and they know the situation, and, and we, uh, of those who have served, we just don't like to share that information or initiate a conversation with anybody. It has to be somebody that we trust, and I understand the importance of this. I'd like to know in the, in the law enforcement community how much access has been to your uh, police unions or association to get them involved in this situation and petitioning to get getting more help for, for police officers. Let me answer this on a more uh, national basis. Um, law enforcement departments are reluctant to take on what they consider risk. And risk is considered anything that could create a liability for a department. They see people who, and 
most of the chiefs of police are not of the war generation. They have not served in combat. They are reluctant to assume the risk of people who have served because they don't know what it means. The, the mental, the stigma applied to stress, mental stress, is incredible. The other issue we have is that as a society, we need to learn that a young cop in New York City who is engaged in a shooting can have as much PTSD as a veteran with four or five combat tours. This is That's, a universal yeah. problem. We have to remove the stigma. That is the very first step to allow proper help. You don't need to have your security clearance endangered by seeing a shrink. You don't have to be in trouble for taking a anti-depression pill that may register in a narcotics test. All these things have to be dealt with aggressively. Right now, we are not doing this. We are not serving our fine young men and women who are fighting for our nation. Well, you're absolutely correct, Agostino. And, and this is the area that I make reference to, and I usually ask this in a rhetorical question. What is the cost of war in terms of human capital? And I think the things that we're discussing right now is a strong indication that the damage to our serving men and women is a part of that major cost of war. And we must accept the fact that we've got an obligation to deal with that. And I think, you know, uh, uh, as you just uh, spoke, I think in the area of academia, uh, I think any way we can get that word out, more so that that help is necessary here, we have to utilize it. That's true. That's very true. That's good. Yeah, I agree. I couldn't, I, I couldn't agree more, Bill. You know, and, and before you were asking about, uh, you know, who, who do they, who do we go to for, uh, you know, uh, the recognition on this, or as, or as far as action goes. Uh, when it when it comes to making things happen within the department, or you know, uh, f for reaching out to the families, it's it, it's it's still something we're doing on our own. Um, you know, the, the the answer to who are going to be the people that help you uh, really depends on a lot of times also what area uh, of the country you're in. Uh, you know, up, up here in the Northeast, uh, we you know we have the unions. Uh, we've gone to the unions. I, I've noticed we work with a few, uh, the harbor site. We work with a few different departments in the area here. Uh, I've noticed some are some unions are better than others when it when it comes to dealing with this. Uh, they all love the you know the, the byline is we love our guys who serve men and women who serve and, and this is true. Uh, but you know to what extent do we do we reach out and help them? Uh, even even the unions and and the departments who who. You know, come to the table with a with a sincere uh, uh, want to help. Uh, they're, they're just they don't have the education, they don't have the knowledge. Uh, they a lot of times they don't have the people in in decision in, in positions to make decisions and to make policy who really truly understand uh, you know the issues that our veterans are facing. I, I totally agree with you and. Yeah. Having served in a civilian capacity as the 
Deputy Personnel Director for the Metropolitan Police Department in Washington, D.C. I understand exactly what you're saying. But, you know, we have to continue this fight. The website that I mentioned to you about the the network of care, I think if you go to that, that website, you'll find a group that's listed there, and they're listed by zip code across the country. It's called Given Eye. These are psychologists, psychiatrists, uh, and other clinicians who have come together uh, and, and said, look, we can give an hour to help those individuals who served us in defending this country. And it's those, again, it's back to that void of information and not knowing where to go and, and how to, to navigate the system. So I offer that up to you also. Excellent. Right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Be sure to check out our sponsor, First Class Merchant Services. Josh, the owner, is a family man that believes his merchant services can and will save you money. Check him out. What do you have to lose? Give Josh a call right now at 407-401-0772. That's 407-401-0772. And, Joe, if you have a merchant account, it would be well worth it. He's very friendly as far as veteran-orientated. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to AmericanHeroesNetwork at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here. Is there, Joe, is there a need for a greater availability uh, for the non narcotic treatments to law enforcement? It's a good question. I, you know, as, as, as police officers, that's uh, mm-hmm. probably one of the bigger, that, that, that's, that is one of the bigger problems that, that, that's faced uh, with guys coming up, men and women coming home, and, 
you know, who may have been uh, in an ID blast, uh, you know, have some sort of post-traumatic stress from their from their deployments. Uh, you know, I, personally, uh, being service connected with TBI, you know, I, I've been down there. I've been down to the VA, and 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 uh, not to bemoan any, any any you know any of their services, but you know the 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 standard treatment when you walk when you walk in with with, with that diagnosis is uh, pills. You know, narcotic pills, benzoates, you know, all, all different kinds of, uh, a host of different treatments. Uh, as, as a police officer, you do, you know, carrying a weapon, dealing with the public every day, being in dangerous situations. Uh, these types of medications uh, can wreak a bit, a, a, a bit of havoc in your, in your daily life. Uh, you know, possibly some of the side effects that you may experience from the treatment. You know, you take some of these pills, you know, maybe you can get a better night's sleep. But how will this affect you on the street? Uh, you know that affects your safety and 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 everyone around you. Uh, we've over the years with the harbor site uh, and dealing with a lot of the veterans that we've dealt with, we we've really kind of come to see the need for these non-narcotic treatments. Uh, we're, we're talking psychotherapy, uh, EMDR, uh, hyperbaric oxygen therapy. These are all very valuable treatments. Uh, that can alleviate a lot of the symptoms that that our, our men and women experience, uh, and and they'll provide the relief, and they will not provide the harmful side effects that are often experienced by the the narcotics. All right. Mm-hmm. Now, Joe, as far as uh, it's getting close to the end, but uh, as far as your future plans, uh, could you give us a little info on that? Yeah, we've uh, like I said before, we've we've really been focusing our mission as as we've grown up and come along here. Uh, with the harbor site, what we're looking to do now, uh, there are a lot of officers who are who are looking to seek these treatments. Uh, you know, these treatments are available uh, all over at a cost. What we would like to do is for those veterans and, and you know police officers who are coming home and would like to receive them. Uh, we'd like to be able to supplement some of the costs that may be that that they may uh, incur because the, you know insurance just doesn't cover these treatments. Uh, insurance will cover a lot of the narcotic treatments. Uh, generally, they do not cover the psychotherapies, hyperbaric oxygen. Uh, we're actually working with NYU right now. Uh, the NYU hyperbaric oxygen. Uh, it's actually the wound care center. Uh, this is this is a therapy that's. Being used wise, uh, widely all over the U.S. in Oklahoma, uh, they just passed a state law. Uh, it's it's uh, let me see. It's the SB sixteen oh four. An Oklahoma veteran who's been diagnosed with TBI uh, or post traumatic stress may be they'll receive free treatment at any licensed center, and that's paid for by the state. So this is a therapy that's being Good. recognized as something that works. Uh, right. NYU uh, has offered to come up with a program uh, and and. On the caveat that you know we we can pay to send a few people through, so our our, our fundraising uh, our fundraising goals and initiatives are going to go towards uh, you know paying for these paying for treatments for these veterans who really need it. All right. Now, Joe, how can our listeners get a hold uh, not get a hold of you, but how can they find out more information? Uh, if you'd like more information, uh, you can go onto our website. It's www.harborsite.org. Uh, my my contact information is on there. Uh, you know, you can reach me at any time or by email, Cowper, K A U P E R, 
at harborsite.org. All right. Well, you know, it's really great to have you guys on. Um, I mean, we do need services like this, that's for sure. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Does this also cover firemen? Uh, it does. We, you know, we've, we've never turned away any veteran. You know, we, we've helped uh, men and women who really need it, even if they weren't uh, police officers. Uh, but, yes, we do cover firemen. Uh, our, you know, uh, to my knowledge, there aren't too many groups out there for veteran firefighters. Uh, you know, we, we try not to stick to just law enforcement because, you know, firefighters, uh, EMTs, they're all on the front lines as well, uh, and, and they have a very serious need for this. So, uh, you know, if for firefighters, EMTs, you know, uh, we'll help anybody who needs it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Joe, Agostino, and Colin, it was great having you on our show today. Joe, what Absolutely. would you like to share with our listeners in closing? Uh well, number one, I'd like to thank you for your time. And, and, you know, and number two, I just want to let uh, everyone know out there that, uh, especially our, our law enforcement officers who are veterans, uh, I, I think a lot of them listening uh, would recognize exactly what we're all talking about. You know, we're, we're a group within a group. And uh, I, I would say that, we, you know, when people uh, talk about veterans and post-traumatic stress and, and TBI and these types of injuries, uh, you know, they should know that, that uh, there's, a, there's a real false stigma out there uh, uh, as far as, as as what this does to people. So, uh, you know, uh, and, and we're also trying to take the disorder out of it. I know that's, that's a big, that's been a big push lately. You know, people talk about post-traumatic stress. Uh, you know, this is a, you know, it's, it's something you live with, it's something you deal with, but I wouldn't necessarily call it a disorder. Right, right. Agostino, what would you like to share with the listeners? We just need to all come together and we have a unique chance to actually find solutions. And we have to help uh, warriors. We have to help people who are not warriors who also suffer from PTS and related things. That's right. We have to be really aggressive to collectively to achieve the result. This is what America can do. All right. Colin? Uh, you know, like Joe, I just first I want to say uh, thank you very much for having us. It, it's you know very much appreciated. Uh, and and you know again, uh, like Joe, I'd like to you know address the uh, the law enforcement officers that might be listening out there, uh, whether you're a veteran or not. If you have veterans that you work with, uh, you know, get around these guys, huddle around these guys, make sure that they're getting what they need, make sure that when they come back, uh, that they're good, their families are good, and, and understand that you know it's. Uh, it, it's all, it's it's likely to be all, you know, all good in the first uh, days and weeks following a deployment because there's that elation with, with being home uh, and, and the deployment being over and all that. It's the, you know, six months, eight months down the road uh, when you really have to pay attention, uh, when that euphoria wears off and it's back to the grind and the, the things are catching up to you, um, that's when you really got to pay attention and, and, you know, reach out to these guys, see if there's anything they need, see what you can do. And, um, you know, absolutely reach out to the Harborside Foundation if you need some guidance or resources or whatever. We're, we're here to help. That's our mission. And for the guys that, uh, that are the ones that we're talking about here, uh, like myself, I, I went through this personally. Uh, if you are going through something, uh, do not look at it like you are broken or you are weak. You need to look at it as you went through something that most people never could and never would, and you survived something that, that most people can't. And uh, to need a little help to get to get back to being your full self, 
there's nothing wrong with that. And there's right. a lot of us out here who want to who wanna give that help. Uh, be a professional and, and reach out and do what you need to do uh, right. to get yourself back to where you need to be. Uh, right. If anybody, you know, anytime uh, needs us, I, I know Joe gave his information. Uh, I believe mine is on the website, but in case it's not, uh, you can reach me. I'll, I'll gladly give my personal email. That's uh, jcpdmarine at yahoo.com. And uh, my telephone number is 201 953-9415. Uh, if you're, you know, one of our veteran brothers on the job or not, and you're, you're having a tough time and you just need somebody to talk to, pick up the phone. Uh, you know, it, it makes a difference. All right. If you missed any of our live shows, all our shows are archived on demand 24-7 on AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. And yes, you can hear all the archived shows right from your phone. And remember, the American Heroes Network Radio spotlights and promotes the best available information of interest to America's veterans and their families anytime, anywhere, and on any device. I'm Gary Ray, along with Bill, Jim, and our guest from Harbor Sight Foundation, signing off. And thanks for listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel. I'm your host, Gary Ray. Be sure to tune in next Tuesday. And thanks for listening to the American Heroes Network Radio. Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. Truly do believe You're the backbone of our nation Thanks to you we're living free We're a good